0: welcome everyone back to another episode of the woodhounds my name is joe and i'm sitting here with my good friend dan dan tell everyone hello
1: yes hello everyone great to be back again for another exciting episode here on the woodhounds podcast um had a great uh, we had a little extra episode here last week for memorial day so that was good i hope everyone enjoyed that
0: did you do anything special for memorial day
1: I did exactly what we talked about in the podcast. I went out and we had a fire three days in a row. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow. Yeah.
0: Not bad. We had a fire just on Sunday. We uh, visited my sister at the campgrounds. They just bought a new uh, motorhome and they're still getting used to it. So they've been going to a, like a local campground so they don't have to travel so far and we went and visited her a couple times and then on sunday we had our fire nice. Was nice yeah yeah it was real nice
1: and actually joe we received some and we received an email uh from the memorial day special podcast episode
0: oh Dan, we have our segment listener mail
1: yes we do are you ready yes all right, so yeah, we received an email um, in regards to that Memorial Day special episode that we did from uh, Mike Hines, also known as Hinesy, and he All just right. uh, sent an email in to let us know that he also has a stick that he uses. Um, he, he calls it the, the dinking stick for poking around in his players, <laughs> and he's actually had it for like 20 years, so there. No that's kidding, wow. Yeah, just go show you. To
0: go. So we're not the only weirdos out there that have a poking stick that we keep around for years and years.
1: Yeah, and we are not. That's uh, that's was interesting to hear. And, and thanks, Heinze, for sending that email in. Yeah, Heinze. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, if you
0: wish to send us an email, uh, Dan, what's our email address?
1: Woodhounds at gmail.com.
0: Way to go. Yeah. All right yeah you know i i just keep uh i just walk around with a smile on my face all day long dan and i think it's because we're part of the woodhounds podcast this is just so much fun
1: it is it's, it's uh i think it's becoming you know I, I think we're starting to hear from more people and i think more people are starting to actually discover the podcast if that's yeah i guess the way to phrase it um uh-huh. You know, as as more downloads happen, I think the podcasting platforms maybe suggest us or recommend us to other right. new followers or new uh, listeners. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. There's, I'm still
0: learning. You know, as we go along, <laughs> I understand the general practice of a podcast, but you know, all the X's and O's and the the internal mechanisms. Uh, I think we're you and me are both still trying to figure this out as we go. But what we do know is we enjoy doing this and we hope it comes across to our
1: listeners. That's right. It's one of the main, uh, themes of the back 40 firewood channel is staying safe and having fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's just like, if you, if, if talking about firewood is fun, well, so is making firewood. Absolutely. But does that mean that, the more firewood you make, the more fun that you're going to have? Oh, interesting question. Mm. Hmm. Because we know that there can be a physically demanding nature of firewood production. You know, you're bent over that saw and having to pick stuff up off the ground to the splitter and then pick it back up again and resplit it and then pick it up again and go stack it. (laughs) Yep. The the repeated process. Yeah. And to a lot of us, that is fun. But you also know that you kind of, you know, your saw runs out of gas, but usually you run out of gas before your saw does. (laughs) You get a good workout, you know, you break a sweat, but, you know, you get your, your firewood made. But what if? What if Dan, there was a machine that could make more firewood faster and where the machine does all of the work and the human, <laughs> you or me, does less work?
1: Oh, I am interested. <laughs> <To> <laughs> that me, sounds great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to me, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: You
0: know? Mm hmm. So. I am thinking in my head of a firewood processor.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Fabulous. So it would, yeah, it's a machine and you know, they all comes in, they come in all different sizes and shapes and colors (laughs) and different power plants that, that power them, but they all do pretty much the same thing. They cut the log they split the log and then they pile it into a pile yep all while you stand in one spot or sit in a chair and work levers (laughs) just like uh, just like a video game yeah (laughs) yeah what a great invention and there are a number of them out there and, you know, you would think that that is the, white, the right way to go. But there's just one problem, Dan.
1: And what's that? They're expensive. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only downside I have ever seen with a processor. The price tag.
0: Yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's what firewood is kind of like the, the people's job. You know, it's just like something that anyone can do. You can get into it. And you can get into the hobby pretty cheap with just a a one hundred dollar uh, chainsaw from a big box store and a, and an axe, and and with ambition you can go out and start making firewood, but then there's something that happens along the way. With if you do get into the business of selling it, you realize there's only so much you can physically do yourself, and you've got to start leaning on machines.
1: Yep. Yeah, when was that when was that point for you that you decided I need in order to meet demand and increase your production a processor was what would be needed? For me, it came
0: right when I landed my first restaurant. And you know, restaurants all have their own level of consumption, but the one restaurant that I picked up had a they go through a cord about every 12 days
1: oh my goodness
0: and yeah and knowing what i could sell firewood to them um so we're looking at like 36 to 40 cords a year i thought there's no way i could do this myself <laughs> and so uh, when i started looking around for processors cuz there's smaller ones out there that aren't as expensive it made sense for me to buy it cuz i thought i could have this thing paid for you know in under yeah. one year mm-hmm. yeah. so it made sense so that was when i first bought my first firewood processor it was a smaller one it works great uh it does you know it wasn't the perfect machine you know no machine is they all have their strengths and weaknesses uh, but it, it got me going it got me going to the point where i knew that it wasn't the right processor for me i needed a different <laughs> one
1: <laughs> so, so that that continued on the evolution of realizing you could do more, or do it faster, do it better. Than right. It. So even just getting mm-hmm. into a processor, there's also then, you know, the continued, I guess, growth factor that comes into play, where you realize, oh boy, yeah, I could, I could probably do this better with a better machine.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just like any other tool. You know, if you had a shovel, <laughs> you know, how much more productive could you be if you had a backhoe? Yeah, <laughs> uh, if you, know, if you <laughs> if yeah if you had like yeah if you had a little um remember you know in those little dormitory refrigerators, those little brown square little refrigerators yep. and just how much better off you would be with a full size one, you know. Oh, if yeah. you had a if you had a pickup truck, how much better could you be if you had a dump truck, you know, where do you draw the line? <laughs> and in firewood processors, there's there's a lot of lines cuz there's a lot of machines out there. And I think they are all good. They're all cool, but you got to get what you what works best for you,
1: right? Or you have to change to where you you start, you know, uh, making adjustments on your product coming in, what's being sent out, because you know that's that's the one big thing I see with processors is some of them can only handle up to a certain diameter uh, log, uh, and then some of them you know can handle crooked crooked crotch pieces a little bit better so if you're Mm -hmm. you're almost with a processor i think anyway you almost have to be in the mindset of then you also are going to be buying log trucks full of logs that you you know can say i want this size diameter and nice and straight
0: yeah there were two major eye openers Uh, two learning experiences that I had after I got my processor. You know, you, you put it into your head how this thing's gonna work, and you're usually pretty close, but there's always some surprises. And the first surprise for me was, it's not something like a chainsaw where you can just go out and just cut up a couple logs and then you're done. A processor, you know, it requires a process because you mm. got to have you got to have input and you got output <laughs> and that output mm-hmm. is a lot and <laughs> you, you know it's got to go somewhere and you got to get it stacked you know there's just so much to it than just running a chainsaw yeah the second one is your supply because gosh are these things hungry <laughs> you know the amount of firewood that you could make in a week with your saw, you know, and your splitter and your back, you can make in a couple hours with a processor. And that was what happened to me when I bought my new processor, which was fast, man. <laughs> it was right when, you know, the pandemic hit and everything shut down. I turned around and I had no more logs left. No, (laughs) (laughs) you know and there was no logs coming in and my pretty red machine just sat out there it was a big i called it a big red paperweight because (laughs) it just ate up every one of those logs in two seconds and i had all this firewood to stack but i had no other logs to make so you buying a processor isn't isn't the hard part you know and i'm not even talking about the expense the hard part is having a supply to keep it fed
1: that's what i always and you know back just a quick comment on the whole fast part of it because i know there'll be people listening that will say well i think i can buck a log and split it just as fast with my chainsaw and splitter than you can with a processor however now do that for eight hours (laughs) or four hours or even 20 minutes i mean that's yeah you can yeah cut one little log up maybe maybe as although I don't think you can because when I run my 315 yapa I mean you just fly through the logs just it's just yeah. amazing how fast you know you can cut the, cut the piece of wood cut it to length and then the, that's the other big thing I see is the consistency of your end product well, Mhm yeah. yeah
0: the speed is just unbelievable even slow processors <laughs> you know are fast <laughs> right and it seems that the the price to to the price for admission you know they're, they're i mean that serious there's processors that are probably five thousand dollars and they go all the way up to two hundred thousand dollars i'm yeah. sure
1: oh yeah
0: and there's just every little thing else in in between and To have a processor, though, doesn't mean you can just go out and buy one and start working it because different processors, you know, some of them, you must have a machine that can load and pick up logs. Uh, Some machines will pick them up for you. Some machines have a a conveyor to take the wood away from the splitter and put it into a big pile. Some don't. Yeah. So. If you do have a processor, that may not be it. <laughs> there's right. a lot of you know. There's a lot of other accessories out there. Um, you know, like the first one that I bought, I got it because it had the ability to pick the log up off the ground, and because I didn't have a tractor, I didn't have any front end loader or nothing that it could pick up a log. So the machine that I got was able to pick the log up off the ground. Well, that though meant it was a smaller machine. And a smaller machine means it takes smaller logs, but it's also cheaper to buy. (laughs) And that was my strategy was to start small, reinvest my money from my sales and keep, you know, get a bigger one and then buy, you know, get a bigger one, so. Move up um, the chain. I think, yeah, unless, you know, and that also then adds the, I guess the third leg to this three-legged stool is your sales. You know, you can have all the firewood in the world, but if you have no one to sell it to, you know, you're going to have a bunch of wood laying around doing nothing for you and you're not making your money. So, you know, you could make, you could have a processor that just makes tons and tons and tons of cords of firewood, but you don't have the sales system yet in your business to justify the expense of it. So that's the, that's the, that, that was the learning curve for me.
1: Yeah, but it, but it sounds like starting off with an account that used that much wood—holy moly, That would that mm-hmm. would be that would that would definitely be the eye opener to, you know, say, yeah, I need to up production, and and I think you know for yeah. that to me is like the biggest, I guess, advantage. Just you know, upping production, being able to have that, you know, I mean, how many chords could you do in a day?
0: yeah like,
1: I don't even know some of the higher end ones just fly <laughs> yeah. through the wood like you know they have oh. got sixty inch circular saws dropping down and they're cutting a twenty inch log in a second <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy
0: <laughs> isn't that amazing you you could make and it'll make like you know twenty pieces of firewood out of one log out of one yeah. round and to do that with a saw and an axe would take you an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The you only know? thing I will say, though, is even like with the, the Yappa 315, where you pull the lever and you like run the saw, you you know, you're like to me, I still like that physical, I guess, connection of like doing something. I don't know. Yeah. Just, but I suppose I've never run a like, you know, one with the joysticks. I probably would be kind of cool to just sit and have two uh-huh. joysticks like you're flying in an airplane yeah. or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. What Dan is talking about some, you know, all processors you know, they're a lot of them are different. They all come at different price points and some of the ones have manual controls and they're a little bit more affordable. And then, you know, the hydraulic controls uh, are a little bit more pricey. Uh, But when I look at the ones with the manual controls, I notice my shoulder starts to hurt. (laughs) That's because you're getting old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, the ones that I, um, you know, look at, you know, ones that are hydraulics, they got joysticks. It's almost like a video game. You know, they got little push buttons and levers and all, and it's just an, an orchestrated event watching uh, watching some of these machines being run. It's pretty pretty interesting. But there are like these processors. Some of them have a bar and chain, just like a traditional uh, cha- a chainsaw. And then these other ones have these big, wheels of death you know these big round (laughs) big round slasher wheels you know that just man oh man do they just cut through the wood i just love watching those things run
1: yep yeah
0: (laughs) yeah but man they're expensive (laughs)
1: yes yes they are (laughs) Uh
0: and they're big you know there are some there are some processors that are about the size of a refrigerator you know, laying on its side, maybe. You know, yeah. There's some that are about the size of like a a, a a motorboat. You know, something you'd take fishing. And there's some that are about the size of like a semi truck
1: trailer. Yeah, a school bus. Yes. Yep.
0: <laughs> so, and that's what I'm saying. You know, you just don't buy a processor. You know, there's the process that's involved. You know, you have to have supporting machinery. Some of them, I don't even see how one person could run it effectively. I think you'd have to have a whole crew, of one person, you know, feeding the logs, loading up the the table that holds the logs, one person running the machine, and then another person, you know, taking the the split fire one away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Coming Mm -hmm. in and going out, it's almost like, like you said, three man a three man operation. It's you know, and
0: and that's when I decided to get a processor my thought was you know can i physically make 40 cords with my chainsaw um and and i said no <laughs> i might have physically been able but my mind would have given up before my body would have because i was like i ain't gonna this is too much you know uh but the processor just absolutely made a lot of sense and i don't know you can like watch stuff you know you can read about them in books or you can watch them on youtube but until you do it yourself that's when you start noticing, you know, what specifically do I need. Cause some of these processors too, you know, the 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 splits that come off of them are, are too big.
1: Yeah. Yep. You know?
0: And you got and you got to do your re-splitting and re-splitting gets old after a while. Um, and then some of them, you know, that will split your wood smaller, but they don't take the bigger logs. Right. So, you know, there's always that trade off there. I think with any machine, it's always a trade off, but especially with firewood processors.
1: Now, do you, do you ever find, I know the one thing I enjoy with using my, the, you know, the, the chainsaw and log splitter and the tractor to move the splits away is I kind of like that breakup of the routine where I'll buck, you know, a log for a little bit, then I'll split for a little bit, then I'll stack mm-hmm. for a little bit. Do you ever find the whole process of running your processor to be kind of, I don't know, what do you call it? What's the word kind of, you get too repetitive, like where you're just standing, doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. No. uh, And I, I, (laughs) I don't, I hope
0: this doesn't come off like I'm being arrogant, but the processor I have is just so completely fast that it seems like the limiting factor for me is how much do I feel like stacking today? And I'm serious. I, my machine can run for a half hour and that's all the wood that I feel like making because Uh that's all the wood that I feel like stacking. Yep. And I'm, and I'm good. What I've noticed, what I've been doing is I will uh, load my live deck in the evening and then the following morning I'll run the machine and then I'll stack the logs, you know, that evening and then load them up again with my tractor nice. so especially like in um the summertime i try to avoid you know the strenuous work in the heat of the afternoon so um uh, you know i'll be outside in the mornings and the evenings and i try to avoid the afternoons uh, but that's what i do and it's just like it's hard to explain dan It is just so much fun <laughs> <to> <laughs> run. it is you know there's i don't care how old you get you know it's, some guys are just little boys at heart, you know. And you're, you know, the toys are just more expensive. It's just so much fun, to run those logs down and to see that saw cutting and the sounds of that wood splitting and the conveyor and the log. Oh my God, it's so much fun.
1: <laughs> but I, but I think part now, of that fun comes from the fact of knowing what the alternative is. Like if you were just never dealt with firewood before in your life and you went right into running a processor you might not appreciate that whole process you might say oh all right yeah cutting a log." that's a very
0: good <laughs> insight yeah i totally agree yeah i think that's probably why i appreciate modern trucks <laughs> <laughs> i have a i have a pickup truck with air conditioning and cup holders man you yeah. know my first truck my 77 f-150 and you know, i had no Sound deadening in it. it had a vinyl bench seat and <laughs> it, it was loud, and it's you'd smell like fumes when you'd get out of it. And yeah, makes you appreciate the new trucks, but yeah, but certainly with firewood. Because now, you know, that's what I'm saying with to each their own, especially if because I know people that are in business selling firewood and they still do it with a chainsaw and a splitter. And uh, specific to me, I just knew what my goals were how many years I hoped that I could do this and I had to address the physicality of it, you know, right. because I don't want to wear, I don't want to wear myself out, but I need to be productive. So a processor absolutely made sense. Yep. Um, yeah. And you know, yeah, so I, you know, there's, and my processors, you know, they're small, so I don't have a clue about these real big ones, you know, um, it would be cool to run one, but you know, I just see, In order, you know, anytime you're in business, you know, a tool that you get, whether it's your pickup truck or a, you know, a a mixer, if you're a baker, you know, it is an asset and it is supposed to be returning money on your investment and you should be making more money than what it's worth. And that's what I see with the price of these things cost. So I know what the economy now is. Yeah, there's... There's going to be a lot of wood coming into your land. <laughs> a lot of wood you know? coming
1: in and going out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you better believe it. And I just know that I couldn't do it because I just do it by myself. So I look at it, you know, as the econ- as an economy of scale. And I try to do it with less wood. But still, the volume that I do, is no way I could do it. Old school, no yeah. way. I,
1: mm-hmm. I look at some of these new processors and I've seen... I've seen them in action, whether it be at like the Paul Bunyan show or the Midwest Firewood Frenzy, which is coming up uh, June 11th. I think that this will be open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but I just look at them and I see the controls and I'm like, oh, my goodness. There's levers yeah. that do everything. And I I mean, how long did it take you to be comfortable controlling, you know, the flow of log coming in, cutting it, pushing it out? Or I am swearing it depends on the machine, too.
0: Yeah, you know. When I um, have people come over, I let them run it. (laughs) It it just (laughs) makes me realize just how good I've gotten at it. You know, (laughs) it's funny because you know you don't know what you know. They you want the knife to go up, they push it down. You know, you want the log to go in, they pull it out. You have no idea what they're doing. But that's what I'm saying. After when I think about, I'm pretty good.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's Uh, that's that's...
0: you know when you do it enough too, you know you know when. You know, all it takes is for you to get it jammed up one time and you say, that ain't going to happen again
1: because
0: I know how to avoid this next time. You know, and I've had just a ton of those things, you know, just the little things where the log got stuck or the, you know, the knife got, uh, you know, a log got wedged into the knife, you know, anything like that. And just over time, man, I just zip, I just zip. And watching a rookie get on it, it makes me realize that's the way I used to be too.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen you in action live and on video, and it just looks like like you know you your flow is just right down to where there's no wasted movements, and it's just a steady progression of you know it's not mm-hmm. jerky coming in, and like you said, adjusting the length of the log or the cut, and it drops in the tray. And I ha- I've had the same thing where you can kind of see maybe a little knot or something on a, on a log. And when that piece drops into the tray to be split, if it's not sitting the right way, you better adjust it or you'll have a problem.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I can look at, you know, the, where I'm at in the pile, you know, of the logs where the logger dropped them off. I can just look at those logs and I can tell you which ones are going to be trouble, you know? And I've gotten to the point now too, where if I know it's just going to be a hassle, I'll just fork them to the other side of the lot and we, get out the chainsaw and the splitter because it's just you know be easier to do it that way than to try to run it through the machine so that's like you know the the other thing with a firewood processor is you know you got to have the wood brought to you Uh, yes the the days of you going out into the woods and cutting them down and loading up your truck and coming home that you're not going to do it like that anymore so you got to buy your logs and have them brought to you and they the logs have to be appropriate for your machine because if your machine can only take up to a 15 inch log you know that means a 20 inch log isn't going to fit through
1: it nope
0: yeah no it ain't gonna fit through it so that's what um you know finding that supply and being able to have a reliable supply because I'm serious when you have no logs to run through your firewood processor, you you know, I felt like the biggest dummy in the world because your firewood processor, your firewood processor only does one thing. It makes firewood, you know, it's not like a, a tractor, you know, where you can mow with it or dig holes with it or, or whatever. And if you right. have no logs to run through that processor, it's just, it's just a waste of money.
1: You wouldn't want to just run and put hours on your tractor for no reason. <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd want that machine to be doing what it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. So
0: Dan, okay. Let's talk about this, Dan. So processors have different ways to power them. You know, some of them have gasoline, like a lawnmower engine. Some of them sure. like a diesel engine that some of them have big diesel engines. Um, the, a lot of the ones you see in Europe are electric, three phase electric. Yeah. Electric and yeah and some are pto power so you can put a compact tractor right up next to it with a drive shaft and power it like that
1: you would need it (laughs) yeah you need the tractor to run your processor yep
0: yeah so dan's processor runs with a PTO shaft off of its tractor. So we always razz Dan about, you know, you're just putting hours on your tractor because you're running your <laughs> firewood processor. And so Dan always says it is a tractor and it is made to work. And that's what it is doing.
1: <laughs> but the the interesting thing is is that you know with that processor, that would be one you almost could go to the logs. Like if you had a, a stand of trees um, on your property, you could take that processor on the three-point hitch of your tractor, drive right. out to the forest, process your wood, and, you know, move around to where the log's at. So it, it is interesting, right. and, it, you know, to the point you made earlier, depending on what your situation is, there's probably a processor out there that would fit it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, and that's probably, I misspoke Earlier than you know about, you got to bring the the logs to your processor. So there, are, again, there are all different sizes out there, and some of the ones that go on the back of a tractor are certainly transportable. And a lot of processors here in the United States, you know, are built on the trailers, so you could hitch them up to a pickup truck and pull them to another site. Yeah, uh, but then some of them are really big, and you set them somewhere, and that's where they're going to stay. And that's where, you know, if you do have one like that, you have to have your process in place because you got to think about where is these logs going to come in off these trucks? How am I going to get them, you know, forked with a tractor over to the machine? And then how are the splits going to be taken away from it?
1: Yeah, there's lots of little components to that process. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the most interesting things I've ever heard you mention is even down to what side you want your logger to unload his truck from because with the way the crane is set up with his chair, like it might, you know, he might want to load off one side, which is easier. So yeah, there's all those factors to consider. Mm -hmm.
0: Here's another thing too. (laughs) And this is, I'm straining my shoulder now for patting myself on the back. This was (laughs) the one thing But this before i had never bought a firewood processor before but there was one thing that i noticed that absolutely affected the way it was going to work at my yard because at that time my yard was real small and i didn't notice this at first but their processors some of them work from right to left and some of them work from left to right oh and the the way my yard was and where the logs had to have been set by the logger required my processor to work from right to left so that you know if you notice that with all the processors out there pay attention to where the log you know where the log the split firewood's getting spit out you know uh, from where the logs go in so i needed one that worked from right to left and that automatically excluded Fifty percent of all the firewood processors out there, and on which one I was going to buy. <laughs>
1: yeah. very yep. interesting point. Yeah, depending mm-hmm. on your workflow around your wood yard, that would be a big component.
0: Yeah, now my place is so big; it doesn't matter. I could have, you know, put my machine any which direction that I wanted. Um, but you know, those are the things that you that you should notice. Um, I would recommend to anyone serious if you want if you are looking at a processor you know obviously the price is the big deal so figure out what's in your price range and what size log it could take Uh, but there's so many videos on youtube but still that only gets you so far i think you need to hit one of these local uh, trade shows like in ohio you know we have the one of the biggest in the country it's called the paul bunyan show it's in october and every processor that you can imagine is there And you can see them and, and touch them. And, and most of the people even let you run them, uh, you know, to figure out all that's involved on how you can make this thing work for you.
1: Yeah. Seeing, seeing the different, uh, makes and models and what they can do, what the, what the end product, you know, is how, how big it splits, what size wedges they have. Yeah. It's just, there's so many variations and. Mm -hmm. sometimes it is almost overwhelming. (laughs) I don't know if I would be able to make a decision. Yeah.
0: When I bought my first processor, okay, I looked at the price range and I needed one that could pick the log up off of the ground. It had to have a log loader. So there weren't that many of them out there, but the one I bought, um, what I didn't like about it was it did not have an adjustable knife, which now to me seems odd. You know, because it's such a big deal to have to, you know, you, if you have a four-way or a six-way, of course, you got to adjust it. You know, they hit the log yeah. in the center. Well, this one didn't. Number two, it had a little dangly stick where you can eyeball the length of your next cut. So you would advance the log until it touches that stick, and then you would cut it. But, you know, the, sometimes it, it just didn't cut right. It would be too long. It would be too short. Uh, so I, I wanted my new processor to have a positive stop. So the log hits that, um, you know, you, you advance it till it hits it. And it's at exactly 16 inches yeah. and then it cuts off. Yeah. So my new one, I made sure it had those two functions, but it, I still needed it to be able to pick the logs up off the ground. So I needed a log lift. I needed it to work from right to left. I needed it to have an adjustable knife and a positive stop on the infeed. And, you know, I just looked around and in my price range and I found the one I wanted and off I went.
1: Yeah, that was, that. that's another, yeah. See, you're, you're all these little points that I've, because yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes when a log will come in, it will tip down a little bit. If it's past its right. center of gravity and that makes your cut, you know, if you don't have a, a pot, like you said, a solid stop, it can become tricky.
0: Getting into how the price points for these, processors are the more expensive ones have you know the 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 process is like offset the in feed is offset from the splitter and they'll have these little shelves that cut the log off and it sits on this shelf until your splitter you know when it's splitting the the previous log is done and it will drop down into it and that solves that problem but you know right. you gotta pay to be cool you gotta pay to be cool
1: yeah and then it even has i've seen where like it will like it'll turn that that round into a certain position or it has like a right. door that opens out that you can kick off your offcuts. you know you can right oh there's just so many things that like oh, you know, the innovation yeah. that goes into the modern day processor is just crazy, crazy yeah crazy. and they're
0: so and there's just so many of them out there and i don't know is it just one of these things where i just never noticed it before but it just seems like now too with the role of social media and the way that these companies are marketing them now there's just they're all they're all so cool <laughs> <laughs> and and you just oh you just like want to if you watch a video of them you just want to jump right through your screen and just you know Climb in the seat and start doing it yourself.
1: Start making some sawdust. Yeah, Throwing some man glitter around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was a fun discussion. I don't know if you know, there's just so much more on a processor to do it justice. Maybe we need to revisit this here in the future.
1: Yeah. Or maybe even narrow down to a certain make and model, perhaps, and and just talk about that yeah. you know, that process of the processor.
0: Mhm. I could probably name off 15 manufacturers right now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's just so many of them out there and they're all nice machines.
1: Yep. Yeah, they all, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, they all get the job done. It's just to your point of, you know, things like in feed on one side, outfeed on the other, size of log, mm-hmm. size of splits, um, you know, saw blades. Yeah, the type of blade engine. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, and there's so much fun, especially if you like machines.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, that was uh that was a lot of fun. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listen to listening to me and Dan babble on.
1: Yeah. It it was a process talking about the processors, but <laughs> in the end <laughs> we processed it all well. <laughs>
0: I thought we did. I'm going to have to process that now.
1: Yeah, wait. Let me process what you were saying. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dan, maybe we better start uh, playing the music.
1: Yep, let's do it. Here we go.
0: All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Woodhounds. We post a new episode every Wednesday morning.
1: Yes, 5 a.m. So be looking for it. Be ready to download it, listen to it once, listen to it twice, and on another day of the week, maybe Saturday, listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But thanks, Woodhounds, and thank you, Joe, once again. Good job.
0: All right. I want to wish everyone
1: a great day.